Now, we're back here in studio, and uh, Patricia Ann and myself, and we have a young lady beaming across the, the, the table from us here, you know, our first time on radio, is it? First time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Farah Scanlon, a native of Killaloo, and uh, for, uh, for a young lady, you're going places. You're the head sommelier in the Cashel Palace Hotel. Yes, I am. You have been a sommelier in Adair Manor. I have indeed. And you've been in Chapter 1 in Dublin. Yep. That's some CV. I know. I've been very lucky with the opportunities I've gotten so far. So, yeah. Will you tell us, just for the benefits of our listeners, what is a sommelier? A sommelier is, and a question I suppose um, a lot of people will actually ask, uh, it is someone who studies wine and serves wine. So when you come for dinner, I will recommend what wine you could go for. Um, and then I put the wine list together as well. So I buy in the wines and, uh, yeah. What started you on this journey? Uh, it, oh, well, it was a funny one, actually. So I was working in, actually, Tuscany, Bistro in Ballina. Yeah. And um, I just got had an interest in the wine. So our wine supplier, he did a couple of uh, kind of little courses with me. And um, so I sent him my CV anyway, hoping he'd hire me because that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but he wasn't hiring at the time. So I uh, ended up working in the Killaloo Hotel then after that. And I got a call one day from Adair Manor saying that, oh, um, would you like to come in and do an interview? And I thought, no, you've got the wrong number because I didn't send in a CV to you. Um, so it turns out Ron, uh, the wine merchant uh, who I'd given my CV to, he had actually passed that on to the head sommelier in Adair. And he was willing to take me on and uh, he became my mentor. Um, he's amazing as well. So he was uh, the highest qualified sommelier in the country when he was here. He's not in the country anymore. Um, and also, so you started he, with the best. I know I was blessed, so yeah. I was. And tell me, this is not uh, necessarily an academic, uh, you know, um, study. It's more an apprenticeship, is it? Well, no. So I was lucky that it was an apprenticeship yeah. for me, not for everyone. Um, you do WSET, so Wine Spirit Education Trust exams, and then so I've done those, and then I moved on to the CMS, the Course of Masters and MAs. So they're basically courses. You can go to college in other countries. Uh, obviously, in Ireland, it's a smaller market. So it was my own study, and then I would go uh, away and do my exams. So my last exam was in London. There was only one of the CMS exams, the Course of Masters and there was only one of those exams ever held in Ireland. Really? Yeah, and that was actually Yori, my head somebody. He organised that for me. So, I know you're modest, but you're among the best in Europe, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that. I am modest, and uh, it is kind of uh, a big area, you know, but I, I love my job, you know. It's a, it's a cool thing, and it's easy to grow in it as well when you're surrounded by it. I, like that, I've been lucky as well that I go into work every day and I'm surrounded by it, so it's not something that I have to sit at home and do hours and hours of study to kind of go forward in, you know. Yeah. Does it help, um, I wonder, if you, for instance have a naturally good palate and good sense of smell yeah well people say that obviously you kind of need the the mm. sense of smell and a palate um but it's the same as anything you know uh, training and practice and growing kind of your senses you know so interesting like food we eat with our eyes do we drink wine with our eyes too yeah absolutely um, there's a lot of things even my suppliers and things that come in and they'll be selling me wine based on labels and I'm kind of thinking I don't really mind what it looks like <laughs> but um, in no, the bottle you don't mind how fancy the bottle is exactly yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but even the colour of wine you can tell what a wine is going to be like to a certain extent just from looking at the colour 
in the glass exactly yeah. yeah so a red wine like if it's a very pale red wine you're probably going to get more red fruit flavors rather than anything like dark fruit flavors it's probably going to be a little bit lighter um, but then you can have exceptions to that as well, like Barolo, for instance, from Italy. Uh, the grape in that, it's very thin-skinned, so you get very like light colour, but big, big flavour. So, But a lot of the time you can kind of tell. And have you a favourite tipple yourself? Oh, I love champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be with you there. No, there you go. <laughs> and the season that's in it as well, why not? <laughs> And you'd favour champagne rather than the Proseccos or the Cavas? Or yeah. yeah, well, champagne, it's done in a, the traditional method is what it's known as. So in the it's one region. Exactly, well, it's from the one region, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the method that it's done in, uh, Cava is actually done in the same method. Yeah. And so is like Cremants and things from around France and uh, different countries. But then the Prosecco, that's a different method altogether. So I would I'd prefer Cavas now over than Proseccos anyway. <laughs> and... We'll talk about, uh, we're coming up towards Christmas now and all that, and most people will, they might be drinking wine every week or so, but they'll always have a bottle or two for Christmas. So uh, for our listeners, a little bit of advice now coming up to Christmas for wines that they should buy or maybe even the, the price range. We won't name supermarkets, we won't name... Uh, I'll call specific. anyone out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But can I say before we start that, I think in the last 10 years, the selection of wines available in this country, whether to say, uh, through specific wine... Um, shops or supermarkets has improved out of what proportion it is yeah absolutely there's the the offer there is amazing and like that over the last 10 years and even the last few years like lockdowns and things with people being at home people were kind of more experimental with what they were drinking um because they weren't going out to restaurants and they could get it in supermarkets and it was just a bit cheaper and people's interest grew so kind of with people's interest the selection has to grow you know with it yeah. So let's say for Christmas now, for the Christmas dinner, what's there, and you were having a, hosting a dinner for six people now, and what sort of wines should you have on the table, or what would you start with? Well, your own preference is kind of the most important thing, but it's nice around Christmas when you've got a few people there that you yeah. can get a few different bottles and try things that you wouldn't usually go for. Start with a little bubbly? Exactly, 100%. And like that, you can get any any of the champagnes from different uh, wine merchants around or even just shops. Um, But you can try Cava's, Cremant's, things like that. Um, And then Chardonnay is a great one. I love Chardonnay as well, the grape. Um, People are kind of afraid of Chardonnay, I think, sometimes because they're not into that big oak flavour. But if you go for the likes of a Chablis, that's going to yeah, not have yeah, that oak yeah, in there, yeah, you know, it's yeah. going to be a more citrus clean. So a nice welcome into Chardonnay. But then you can try other ones as well, like that around Christmas, the turkey and ham kind of a vibe. You okay, with the turkey, what would your favourite wine be? A Chardonnay is good. What but is, you can yeah. try something different. You could try like a Viognier, which is another full-bodied white grape, and you don't have any of that oak Are flavor. you sticking with whites for the turkey then? Again, preference, it's good with turkey, the white, yeah. but you can always go with a lighter kind of a style red, like a Pinot Noir. Yes, that's... Yeah, yeah absolutely, thought, yeah. or like a Fleury, a Bougelet, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And with the dessert then? Oh, well, there you go. Sweet Arbogine. wines, they're Sweet. my other love. I love them. <laughs> so like a Sauterne or um, a Tokai, and you can get most of these in half bottles, actually, and like that in supermarkets. So there's no big commitment if you've never kind of gone for sweet wines yeah. before. Mentioned Tokai, that's Hungarian, isn't it? Tokai, yeah, yeah. it is. I uh, haven't been in Hungary a couple of times, you know. They have a fantastic selection of wines there. They do, in, in yeah, Hungary. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they have incredible wines. Um, not always available in this country, are they? No. Well, that's down to, like, ex- export, you know. Yeah. So them being export, like, 
small productions yeah. that prioritise what countries they send things to. Uh, Ireland is definitely coming up on that, but uh, it's slowly but surely, you know, we don't always get the biggest, like, allocations of, of wines to Ireland. Yeah, 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 yeah. But come back to the dessert wines in our house, uh, I have a sweet tooth, you know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I would always favour the little, uh, uh, but uh, my uh, <laughs> other half... Hasn't a sweeter tooth, you know, and is not the biggest fan of the dessert wine, you know? Yeah. How <laughs> about ports then, or sherries or something like that, if you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I love sherries as yeah. well, love ports. Um, and there's a few different ways you can go with ports. You can get the ruby styles, which are the real fruit-forward ones, or you can go for a, a tawny style, which is more kind of earthy, nut, nutty and toasty. Yeah. But like that with your cheeses around Christmas, it's brilliant. Yeah. And what about sherries? I like a glass of sherry now and again at Christmas. Yeah, oh, I love sherry as mm. well. And it's kind of a controversial one. Not everyone likes sherry, actually. Um, but I like the real, like, dry styles. Yes. Um, but then you can get the slightly sweeter ones as well, like the Tio Pepe and things. That's a much sweeter style. Um, but I like to mix it up and, yeah, go for a, a little bit more oxidative in, in flavour. Now, let's get back to your day-to-day work in the Castle Palace Hotel now, which is Michelin starred? No, no, oh, not yet. Uh, we're, on, we're on the Michelin Guide, ah, so yes. we'll see, we'll see if... Uh, That's the, is that the ambition? A, well, <laughs> you kind of don't like to jinx it, but know, I'd know, like to I say know, so. So, <laughs> matching food and wine. Yes. Explain a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, the chefs, for instance, they'll kind of tell me a couple of days in advance, so we've got this dish going on, so I'll have a think about it. Um, and there's rules that you follow, like acidity loves acidity, and spice, you don't really want to put something with a lot of tannins or a lot of alcohol. Um, but then there's always, like, exceptions to the rule. You never know until you taste them together. We had a quail dish recently, um, and I thought, oh, perfect, Pinot Noir, you know, a light red, that's going to work nicely. And then I tasted it with the dish, and it was just awful altogether okay. um, because there was just no acidity in the dish. So red wine, and a lot of people don't even think this, but red wine does have acidity, and Pinot Noir especially, it has a lot of acidity, so that was really highlighted. Um, so it ended up being a white wine that I put with it with a lack of, aci- yeah, of acidity, you know. And uh, what I know from, uh, I won't say I'm a bit of a foodie and a bit of a whiny, but, you know, I love somebody who will pair the wines for us, you know, which is for that special treat out, you know. Yeah. And they don't always have to be the most expensive wines, do they? No, not at all. Not at all. There's so many options out there and so many different ways you can go. And it's about, like with wine pairing, there's different things you want to highlight. So you don't even just look at like the meat or the fish. You look at the things you serve it with as well. And uh, so there's lots of ways you can do that, you know. Yeah, and of course the other thing, apart for having food with wine, is the company. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Wine always tastes so much better if you're in good company. I think, exactly, yeah, because well, you're enjoying the company <laughs> for Patricia, one. you're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's lovely to be able to just pick up on things yourself and then discuss it with someone across the table from you and they say, oh, well, I actually get this. And you're kind of thinking, oh, well, now you've said it, I get that too, actually, you know. So yeah. it does, it just brings a life to the wine, you know. I remember many years ago being at a food and wine fair in Limerick and I can't remember which of the um, food critics or wine experts was in it. And the first thing he said when he got up is, now he said, look, there's only two types of wines out there, he said. Red the ones white. you like and oh, the no. ones you don't like. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I suppose it's quite true for a lot of people. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. that's exactly it. Your own preference is, is yeah. what it is at the end of the day. You can do all the food pairing, but if you don't like it, you don't like it. Yes. So I know you're a wine expert, but uh, you, do you cook? Um, 
not really. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be an expert um, in everything. <laughs> no, exactly. I don't. I actually don't like to cook. Is what it is. When I do cook, it's like I. I think it's good. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe it's not. But uh, no, it's it's not my cup of tea. And I'm spoiled. You know, when I work with chefs and I work in hospitality, you there's food there. So, <laughs> so I'll nice. save myself. First and McDonald's as well. I'm a big fast food girl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Terrible. I'll talk about fancy wine all day and then go get a Big Mac. <laughs> well, you have to mix it both. You exactly. Can't, you can't yeah. be dining out in Michelin um, star yeah. restaurants yeah. all the time. Yeah. So what does the future hold for Farah Scandal? I don't know. Will you achieve we'll that master? Yeah. I would love to, yeah. So I, How many um, of those are in the country? In the country? Yeah. Uh, there aren't any in the country at really? the moment. Really? There's one Irish gentleman has ever gotten it, and he's based over in London at the moment, I believe it is. What's his name? Uh, Garod Devaney. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so he's he's the only Irish one so far. It's a really big thing. I think there's only been about 250, 260 masters and malaise in history. And um, you're relatively close to that standard now? I'm that's, so I have one exam to go, and then the next exam will be the master's malaise. So I'm two exams away from it. And when you do the exams, uh, Farah, what's involved in an exam in wine? And it yeah. sounds like a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so they, you have a few different steps. Uh, you've got a theory, which is a geography of the world, you know, oh, different yeah. grapes, different uh, regions, the soils. It's insane, actually. There's a lot to it. Um, and then you've terroir. got... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm working on my French at the moment. So, um, But then you've also got the practical, so yeah. which is where you'll serve tables. You have to know about cocktails and uh, different spirits as well. So you'll have someone sat at a table and you'll have to, he'll ask you questions. He'll ask your advice on, a, on an aperitif, on a digestif, on um, wine pairings as well. And then you've also got a tasting, a blind tasting. So you'll get three red wines and three white wines and you have to taste them. So you have to say what the grape variety is, where it comes from and what age it is. So That's a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I know, um, I'm sure you have too, Tom. I've been to amateur, you know, just fun uh, wine bit. courses, if yeah. you like. And no actual courses where they would tell you a little bit about wines coming from different places and so on. And the fun part of it always was that lovely sound when the bottle uncorks, <laughs> you know, and you get to taste. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's funny enough, actually, mm. with the, the exams, the practicals and things, mm. if it was to make that sound, I'd have failed. Okay. Yeah, there's oh, this. So, I know, yeah. So it is It is fun to do, though. Um, but there are different kind of things that you follow as a sommelier mm-hmm. that, that, you, that you do and you and don't something do. something I've always wondered about, and I've, I've seen it done, but I'm not too sure how it's done or why it's done. You know when you see somebody, uh, it's all very fancy, decanting yes. wine, and there's maybe a, a candle underneath the, yeah. the thing that makes the connection, if you like, between the bottle and the, the decanting Yeah equipment yeah um what's that about what's, so why do people do that for sediment no there's lots of different reasons ah. to decant wine of course like more full-bodied ones they could use some time uh breathing even white wines uh, like a rich chardonnay might need a decanting okay. um mm. but yes yeah, sediment so the candle is underneath it it shines up through the bottle and through the wine and then you can see the little sediments at the oh, end it's practical exactly yes. not just mm. a bit of drama actually <laughs> just i know time is moving on now temperatures of wines yes I have this theory that you'd only, you should only really uh, chill a bad white wine down to low levels. Yeah, you don't want it to, like, again... A good white should be, what, temperature? So you're looking at, like, chill definitely, but not, yeah. not cold, not freezing, you know, maybe about, about eight degrees or so. You yeah. don't need to go much colder than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
full-bodied whites, yeah. you can go warmer again. They don't need to be chilled. You don't want yeah, to hide. 10 degrees. Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. want to hide the flavor by chilling yeah, it yeah, too much because yeah, it yeah. does. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. And even then, red wines, uh, lighter red wines, you can go a little bit colder than the, than the richer ones. Down you know? 10, 12. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm disappointed. I thought you'd bring us in a few samples here. You know, that we could t- start a test on the radio, but maybe the next time. You know. Exactly. You'll have to get me back again. <laughs> yeah. And that was my, well, my plan. Yeah. It's, it's great to see a local girl doing well in the world of wines and we wish you all the best in the future and we look out for your name in lights and uh, before next year's out I'm going to sample uh, some of your wine pairings yeah you'll have to come out to Cashel and uh, and do one of the wine pairings alright and we look forward to that indeed so and uh, thanks for coming oh no thanks for having me talk to us and I think Patricia we have a little piece of music have we if I can just get it lined up here well I think lilac wine is what I thought of there you go I hope you like it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Are you working over Christmas? I am indeed. I'll be off Christmas Day though. Oh yeah. 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 Back to see Mammy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Open the present. <laughs> exactly. Okay, thanks indeed, Farrah. So Thank here you. we are, Lilac Wine. I lost myself on a cool damp night. Gave myself in that misty light. 